You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. everyone and welcome to the Health Hub. I'm Kathy Biasse and along with our producer Alex Diaz, we would like to welcome you to the show this morning. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Kathy, and good morning to our listeners. How are you doing? I'm well rested, one could say, with the long weekend we had. Yeah, it was lovely. It rained a bit on the Saturday, but uh, Sunday was really nice and Monday not too bad either. Yes, in fact, it gave me some time to uh, get, get behind the stove for once in a little while. Oh. And I did some cooking you did cooking. Tell yeah. us what you cooked. I prepared uh, two salmon dishes along with um, some shepherd's pie and a chicken curry. Very nice. Yes. Just uh, something to do? Or are you freezing and using a later date or well, company? Well, um, something to freeze and, and prepare for because this week in particular, I've got a busy week. Oh. We've got uh, at Radio Maria, especially in Montreal, we're to set up a, uh, a new mixer for them there. Nice. So my, my time here in Toronto is uh, a bit limited, so I'm just get, trying to get ahead. Perfect. You're the, the perfect guy for all about meal planning. We did a show on that, so way to go. Well, it, it took took a few weeks, but I finally got there. Yeah, you know, it does make a difference when you can cook and go and not worry about it. Did, were you at the ballpark at all this week? I was. I actually made it to one of the games. I believe it was on uh, Saturday. Unfortunately, of course, we didn't do so well, no. but uh, I had a good time. We did. Uh, I I didn't go to the ballpark. It's you know how challenging it is for me when our teams don't do well. So I've been staying away from um, sports for the last little bit. It's been yes. kind of a downer for me, but that's okay. We did our gardening this week and or this weekend. Our kids went up north to our cottage, so gave us an opportunity to do uh, our gardening. And boy, you think you're in shape? Garden, <laughs> garden for a weekend. My back is killing me. My legs are sore. Wow, but we got a lot accomplished, so it was it was good, very good indeed. That's good. You know, they say gardening is very um, soothing and, and relaxing. Not when you're pulling out stumps that have been around for five. We had all five cedars that have been with us before we moved into the house even, and they died all last year. Every single one of them, I don't know what happened. So uh, truth be told, my husband was the one that dug out those stumps, mm-hmm. and he had a hard time moving yesterday morning. Um, I pulled out some some shrubs that had died as well. So, but it's, it's, it's a nice accomplishment, but it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just planting. It was really intensive labor for the one day. Gardening is a work in, work in progress. Always. Well, our dogs have destroyed our garden. So I'm just going to my perennials. I'm not even going to bother planting any annuals, but that's a, that's a totally different topic. (laughs) So on to today's show, before we get started, we're going to talk about saunas, such an amazing topic to discuss something that I'm sure a lot of you don't know as much about as you could. We have different types of saunas out there. So our guest, Rodney Palmer from Sauna Ray, is going to explain the health benefits of his type of sauna. And I can tell you firsthand that 
It's an amazing product, but we'll get to that in a minute. What I wanted to talk to you about before we get into our subject is something that I have incorporated into our health plan and my kids' health plan, and it is nothing but enjoyable, and that's using essential oil diffusers. And it's a cold diffuser. It's lovely, and I've used um, I've used this at night for the la- for the longest you know the longest time. And I've started giving it to my kids, using it for my kids. I've got them each a little diffuser, one when she's away at school, and they are not only is the you know depending on which essential oil blend you use, the smell is is just lovely. But they too have wonderful health benefits. So they. You know, the smell, as I said, makes makes you feel good. But what the this diffuser, the cold water diffusers do is they emit a negative ion. And what these ions can help do, negative ions are similar to the ions that are emitted in a rainstorm. Um, if you've ever been outside in a rainstorm, the air just smells so nice. And it's, it's just, for me, I just love, when it rains, I love to sit outside. But um, so these negative ions have have very good health benefits. But what they can do for your indoor environment is really to cleanse it. It helps reduce, um, they help reduce pet dander, airborne allergies and dust. And really it's, it, it does, you know, if you have them in different areas of your home, you really do notice that the, the air quality is, is much better. I use them just when I sleep because I just don't have space all over the house for different diffusers. But I, lately I've been using a blend of lavender and chamomile and it's, it's just, it's just wonderful. So just a little health tip. They are not expensive diffusers. You want to use a good quality oil and put them uh, in an area, you know, just read the label for each diffuser. You know, they can emanate different areas of the house and different uh, square footage. So just make sure you're reading your diffuser and reading what essential oil companies perhaps they recommend. You want to make sure, as I said, you're using a good quality essential oil. And the essential oils themselves have such wonderful health properties. So very recommended, especially this time of year when I think last week we talked about allergies or the week before, I can't remember, but really helpful for allergies. So if you have people with allergies in your house, you know, buy a little diffuser, get some nice essential oils and, and really notice the difference in your air quality. So on to today's show. Full disclosure, I own one of Rodney Palmer's Sonore Saunas. And, you know, I got a sauna because, as you all know, I had cancer eight years ago and I was buying this sauna specifically for a prevention path for my own health. And it was in talking with Rodney Palmer that I really, uh, he opened my eyes uh, over the phone only um, to all the health benefits of infrared saunas and particularly the way he puts together his product. And we'll go through it, uh, you know, detail by detail. So you can see how the product just emanates health benefits for you. And maybe we'll spend the first half of the show doing that, just talking about his product and how he puts it together. But Rodney Palmer is president and founder of Sonaray Incorporated. The Canadian company builds medical grade, low heat infrared saunas, and they are used to reverse symptoms of chronic illness from type 2 diabetes to arthritis, psoriasis and heart disease. And I, again, um, I got mine specifically for the cancer prevention path. They trigger a sweat at comfortable warm temperatures and are shown to help the human body excrete toxic chemicals that build up in our fat, muscle, and bone cells over time. Sonaray units are now the industry standard in colleges of naturopathic medicine across North America, as well as in dozens of medical clinics worldwide. 
Prior to building Sonaray, Rodney worked for 20 years as a journalist in Canada and abroad. He was an investigative reporter at CBC Radio and Television and spent eight years as a foreign correspondent for CTV News as bureau chief in India, China, and the Middle East. So you can see he's a very, very interesting person. And when we get back from our break, we will talk with Rodney Palmer. Listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. We are live today. Our number is 416-245-1534. If you'd like to call in to speak to Rodney or myself or Alex, please feel free to do so. You can hit us up on all the uh, social media sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the Health Hub RMC. And if you would like to email us, throw out some show topics for us, which we are getting, um, it's thh at radiomaria.ca. Good morning, Rodney. How are you? Good morning, Kathy. Thank you so much for calling today. Thank you for taking the time. How was your long weekend? My long weekend was excellent, and my question for you is, how are you enjoying your sauna ray? I love my sauna ray. Truth be told, I'm not using it as much as I should. I would love to have an automatic timer on that thing so I can get up first thing in the morning and jump into it. But uh, <laughs> Three to five days a week, and you will feel like a million bucks. I want to update you on the most recent science that's been published in the Journal of the American Medical Association. It was an extraordinary study on sauna takers. They did it in Finland because there are so many people using saunas that they can just get that many people. But get the size of this study. 2,300 participants 
over 20 years. This is one of the most extraordinary medical studies. It's epidemiological in scope. And it showed that after 20 years, there was a 65% reduction in Alzheimer's and dementia in these men in their old age. 65% reduction. That is extraordinary. I say, sign me up. Mm -hmm. If I can be an old man and still have my mind, it's worth going in the sauna every day. And further to that, they showed a 55% reduction in death from stroke and heart attack, which kills so many people in their old age. So the people who were in saunas had a much, much less likely chance of having death from either of these two things, and a 40% reduction in all causes of death, including cancer. So what we've known about sauna for years is now scientific fact. They're very, very good for you. Very forward-thinking of scientists 20 years ago to start this study. Yes, I guess it was because there are just so many people using saunas. They call it the sauna, of course, in mm-hmm. Finland. And um, if you've ever been up there, you know that you can't even rent an apartment in that country without a sauna in it. They, everybody has them, just like you have bedrooms and dishwashers and sinks. In Finland, you have a sauna in every house. Are they the infrared saunas? No, the infrared sauna is probably not used that much in Finland. Uh, they use the high temperature, what they call the Finnish-style sauna, which operates in Celsius at about um, 60 to 90 degrees Celsius. Now, the infrared saunas that we designed are specifically, as you know, designed for the medical industry. So they're designed to operate between, um, say, 27 and 40 degrees Celsius. Now, this is one is below core body temperature, one is above core body temperature. So the typical saunas in Finland, in um, you know, the native sweat lodges, any type of uh, thing designed to make you sweat through heat ingestion, is designed to make the air superheated so that when you breathe it, that super hot air goes instantly into your lungs, into your bloodstream, and starts registering that your body's too hot. So what happens is there's an autonomic response, the same nerve that regulates your blood pressure and your heart rate and your blood temperature, all these automatic things in your body. That nerve gets excited and starts to react. It's called the autonomic nerve response, and it increases your heart rate, your blood temperature, and your blood pressure. So that all goes up, and it pumps blood to the extremities to cool off the core. Up here in Canada, we're very familiar with frostbite, which is when the opposite happens. It slows the blood circulation to keep the core warm in the extreme cold. So people's extremities, uh, you know, can get uh, what they call frostbite on them. Um, so with, with that superheated environment, sick people can't go in there. They can't tolerate it. And if you're trying to get toxins out of a person through sweat, it's really difficult for them to tolerate any air that's higher than their core body temperature. So what we designed with the sauna ray is a room which you can go in and you can breathe normally. It's very warm. You'll notice it's warm, and even it'll approach getting hot, but it'll only approach getting hot. It doesn't ever really feel too hot. And we've even got um, a window, a functional window in every door, so that each individual can decide for themselves how hot is too hot, and start cooling themselves down instantly by opening the window. And what's that that's been able to uh, allow doctors to do is to take a very sick person and put them in a, in a heated environment and sweat them. The infrared heat coming off the ceramics, it penetrates your skin first, not your lungs. So it penetrates the outside of your body, not the inside of your body. And what that does is it triggers the sweat glands to start working first 
before the core temperature goes up. So you don't get that autonomic response. You don't get the increased heart rate, blood pressure, body temperature. You don't get toxins recirculating into the hot bloodstream. You get them instead excreting out on the sweat. So you get sweat without the heat. And that is the magic for the doctors. We first started doing this 15 years ago when my, old, my own family was sick uh, from all that traveling I did as a journalist in countries like you know India and China and the Middle East. And they had to get the toxins out of them one way or the other or it was potentially going to be catastrophic. So they had to sweat. And there was really nothing on the market that was applicable for a very sick person to go in. These sick people, they get chemically sensitive. They get electrically sensitive. They get, uh, so they can't even go outside, some of them, or they can't go in a car, or they can't go in the dollar store, or the Canadian Tire, or the Home Depot for the smells that are around. They can't get in an elevator. You know when you get in an elevator with somebody in a hotel, they've just come out of their hotel room, and they've just doused themselves with their morning perfume? Mm -hmm. The sick people don't just get annoyed by that. They actually get a headache or they get faint or they get nauseous. They get a symptom associated with that overload of chemical. But once you start to sweat out the stored chemicals in your body, you become less sensitive to that stuff and more tolerant. Well, is the, is the, the sweat saunas, I don't know what you, the, you know, the steam saunas, are they actually bad for your health if you are um, not able to withstand that heat? Well, I don't know that they're, I would say that a sauna is bad for your health, but if you can't tolerate them, you can't go in them. Everybody gets asthmatic in a high temperature sauna. It just depends on when. So somebody who is clinically asthmatic would open the door, take one breath and have a heat reaction and start to wheeze. Somebody who's not clinically asthmatic, uh, you could take three people and just say, you got to stay in here until you can't breathe anymore. That's your asthma reaction. Mm -hmm. So it happens to everybody at some point. So if you're not able to go in a high-temperature sauna, and really everybody who uses them, the whole style of it is to go in until you can't tolerate it anymore and then come out and, and dose yourself in cold water in some method or other, whether it's jumping in the lake at the cottage or going under a cold shower or some of the... Um, the uh, sauna baths, the public sauna baths in Europe, and certainly they have them around North America, uh, have a cold plunge pool. And the idea is, since you've superheated your body, you have to super cool your body in order to tolerate the longevity of being in there in order to sweat. Um, so that that's just, it's too much rigmarole. Um, you know, it's also very expensive to run an, uh, a high-temperature sauna in your house. If you're using one of those every day, it could be three or $400 a month in electricity, whereas the sauna ray units, they only cost 4 or $5 a month if you're using them every day. So the, the expense is ridiculously low. Um, the footprint on the environment electrically is very, very low. And frankly, the way that we make them has a low environmental footprint. Well, let's go on that piece. What I, what I, you know, going over in my mind how I wanted um, this this show to come out. I thought, you know, if we piece together how well and the products and the wood and the fact that they're made in Canada, if we piece together the ideology of why you put everything together, people will be able to build upon. And then when we start talking about the health benefits, it's really going to come to light why your sauna is, you know, uh, you know, top industry standard. Yeah, sure. That's it's a really good point because. The way our, our approach to it was not to be environmentalists, although it sort of happened that way. Our approach to it was so that the person inside doesn't get sick from any materials that heat up in there because everything heats up in there. So we started with basswood, which is the least allergenic wood in North America. It's similar to poplar or aspen. They reproduce asexually. They reprodu reproduce like weeds. And there's no terpene in them. There's no smell. There's no sap. 
But basswood is, so first of all, it's used for tongue depressors, popsicle sticks, pizza spatulas, and cheese boxes. It's considered food grade because nobody's allergic to it. So we like that. But then we also found that we could get it plentifully from within 100 miles of our factory. So we could control the source of the wood from the forest to the home of the customer. And that's really important for our clientele, a lot of whom are being referred to us by medical doctors and naturopaths. They need to know that it's pure. It's as pure as they can possibly get it. And I often tell people it's as close to cutting a tree down in your backyard as you can get. Um, because we don't buy the wood from the Home Depot. We don't buy it even from the, uh, the lumber industry. We buy it from the farmers who have a couple hundred acres of trees, and we cut them from their forests. We uh, mill them and kiln-dry them and shape them into the tongue and groove all on the same property. It gets shrink-wrapped and transported to our manufacturing facility in Collingwood, Ontario, and then it gets packaged and sent to your home. So it's really old-school natural and there's nothing else like it and the reason we do that is because we need to guarantee that the wood is safe and free from chemical one of the side effects is that we're using basswood which matures in seven to ten years so it's kind of like the bamboo of canada there's very few other trees that will will, will grow to maturity in that time so in the short cycle of my company where there's already been basswood trees spring up grow to maturity cut spring up again uh, so it's very uh, environmentally sustainable in that regard. And in terms of the heating system, we designed and built our own. We don't go by, we, we didn't buy any product from the market for the heaters. We invented the whole concept. Um, and the reason for that was we wanted to make sure that every single component of that heater is toxin-free. So the, the, the uh, infrared source is pure ceramic, which has about a 97% infrared efficiency. And the reason for that is it's because it's made from silica, which is beach sand. So it's the infrared reflection of the earth, as God intended it, from silica. And the absorption is on the same wavelength frequency where water absorbs heat. So sand reflects where water absorbs exactly the same perfect efficiency. This is why when you're walking on your bare feet on some beaches, it's too hot to walk on the soles of your feet. You have to go in the shade. Well, the shade's also on the sand. So the sand's not making the heat, it's the reflection quality. And your body being full of water is the absorption quality. So when you take ceramic and use it as your infrared heaters in these tiny little rooms, you don't need much heat mm-hmm. to, to, for it to work. So that's why you can get in there and sweat at these very, very low temperatures. And then we use, uh, to, make, to house the heating uh, system, we use stainless steel. Um, we even connect the wires with ceramic terminal blocks instead of plastic uh, electrical connectors called morettes. We don't use those because plastic might heat up and you might smell it inside. So when you think about it, the ingredient list is stainless steel, tempered glass, and ceramic, all of which we put in our mouth every day when we eat. So we know it's safe, and that's what we build our saunas from, the same things you eat from every day. And, and just to, to clarify for everybody, because I have one, so I can speak to this point, they are not massive. You can get them made to the size you want, and they only require an electrical, a uh, regular electrical outlet. You plug them in like a TV set. They sit on any floor surface. We have people who put them in condos. We build tiny ones for people under their staircases if they need. But for the most part, we have set sizes, and we have a couple that will still plug into a regular outlet. We have bigger ones, too, that you can put families in, and they need like a plug like a dryer or a stove. 
But for the most part, I would say 80% of what we're building and shipping out worldwide right now are the standard ones that plug into any outlet. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I was talking to someone about you coming on to the show, and, and I was saying that I had one. And where do you have in your house a sauna? And I said, well, it's in the corner in our basement right beside the TV. So, you know, you have your little window. So if you want to watch TV, you can do so. It's it's a, a great, great product. My son loves it. My daughter, I'm still trying to convince because she has asthma and she's anxious. So, you know, she's going in slowly. And I think she's getting on to the fact that she can adjust the heat so that it's not um, too hot for her. But it's a fabulous product. Now, before we go to break, I just want to clarify, I want to have you clarify what infrared heat is. Sure. Infrared simply means below red. Just like ultraviolet means above violet. So the red to violet is the spectrum at which humans see visible light and color. Infrared, is it's, it's hot, but it's not red hot. If something gets red hot, like your stovetop burner, that's a repulsive heat. If your hand gets anywhere near that, there's an instinctive shock to pull away from it. Whereas infrared heat is not quite red hot, and it's a welcoming heat. Because it's absorbed by the human body and given off all day long, there's a familiar feeling, and you might recognize what I'm about to say, Kathy, from being in the sauna. It feels like you're under the covers with Mm -hmm. another person. It feels like you're at the beach. It feels cozy and warm. And that's an inviting heat. That's the difference. And the infrared heat is absorbed so efficiently into the skin that it very quickly makes you sweat. doesn't require your lungs to be overheated. And there's no, to, to, again, to clarify, you're not adding water to anything. You're simply setting the temperature. We'll go over the protocol with Rodney um, after break. But you're setting the temperature, you're walking in, and you're just enjoying. It really is... Um, something quite pleasurable. Uh, you know, I just, I, I totally love it. I'm so glad that you've, you've come to the show to tell everybody about it. Maybe we got, we have a little bit of time before break. So maybe you could go over what you would describe as your ideal protocol, number of times per week and the ideal temperature. You gave a range. And I'm just wondering if, if the, you know, if you're at 20, 27 degrees versus 45, if there's a huge health benefit to, it to jacking it up. It depends on the person. I always tell people, let your body be the judge. It knows you best. So for somebody like myself, I like to go in about 27, 28 degrees Celsius. And that's, you know, roughly 80 degrees Fahrenheit. And let it heat up while I'm in there. By the time it hits, it crosses my core temperature, which is 38 or 99 Fahrenheit. Then your body starts to say, hey, it's too hot in here, and then you can open the window. But that's sort of at the end of your session. So by the time it gets to 40 degrees Celsius, 45 at the most, you're ready to come out. For somebody like your daughter who is asthmatic, I recommend just turn it on and go in immediately because then she's in there at room temperature, and her lungs are adapting to it as it slowly gets warmer. And as soon as she starts to feel that nervousness, which will precede the actual um, asthmatic response, the, the psychological response will come first. Then she can open the window and make sure she's breathing cool air into her lungs to, to keep them relaxed and, and confident and let, let the heat rise. So she might come out of there by, say, 35, 36 degrees Celsius, even below core body temperature. So you set the temperature at, say, 40 degrees, go in and let it rise. And then how long would you say is the, you know, the ideal time to be in the sauna? I usually say an average time because the ideal is, again, an individual concept, but the average would be 30 minutes. Some people might want to come in and out in 20. Some people might go as long as 40, but the average would be about 30 minutes inside there. Okay, and there also is a really nice um, 
idea of adding essential oils. So you put your cup in there with some water and essential oils that heat up right on the... Um, I love the essential oils. Yeah. And you were talking about it at the beginning of the program. There, There is a, on top of the uh, the heater cover, we have a mesh uh, wire heater cover so you don't burn yourself on the elements in there because everything's really close in there, but it's all child safe and CSA approved. So there's a little spot where, where there's a hole on top of it where the heat escapes and you can put a little cup there with a small amount of water and it's usually really efficient to preheat the water, put a little hot top water in and then your essential oils, not many drops as you can imagine, it's mm-hmm. a small space. And I really enjoy the, um, the eucalyptus and the rosemary in wintertime. Very nice. Okay, we're going to go to break and we come back. We're really going to uh, jump into the health benefits that Rodney has seen and some of the seminars maybe he's been to. And we'll see where the future of sauna and sauna within the health field is going. So we'll be back in a few minutes. Thank you. 
Welcome back, everybody. Again, you can reach us on our social sites, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the Health Hub RMC. If you'd like our email address, it's thh at radiomaria.ca. I don't want to take up too much time. We have a lot more information to pull out of Rodney. So, Rodney, what I want to talk about, okay, so you said that your travel sort of led you in this direction of detoxifying and, and creating this model for Asana. Where did you come up with the actual design? I had studied heat therapy kind of as an aficionado for close to two decades. I had been in the native sweat lodges in North America for part of my work. Um, I had been in the European communal baths, the Volksbad in Munich, and the um, I'm a skier, so in northern Italy I had gone to the, the communal saunas. I had traveled through Costa Rica and been in the volcanic hot spring baths in Vulcan Arenal in the central part of Costa Rica. I was stationed in uh, Israel for three years, and um, I spent a lot of time at the Sea of Galilee. There are many hot springs around there, absolutely phenomenal uh, experience for a Canadian Christian to live in that part of the world and walk along the edges of the Sea of Galilee and to be in the hot springs there. So I had, I had been very much aware personally of what I uh, liked and I didn't about the heat therapy. I always loved the warmth, but I didn't like it too hot. And that was always me. That was, I was a bit of, I, I say I'm a wuss for the heat. It's just strange for a sauna guy. But I, I didn't like getting overheated. I didn't like get scalding in the hot springs, and I didn't like breathing super hot air. So when I designed this, I just had to treat it like any research project as a journalist. I just had to look into how I could make a sauna work. I learned about infrared heat. I designed it entire. There, there, there had been a few contraptions on the market at the time, but nothing like this, and there still isn't anything like this. And probably because it's so expensive to build, it doesn't make sense from a mass manufacturing point of view. But we looked into ceramic as the number one um, source of infrared heat because it's almost perfect. Your body receives it very, very well. And then I liked the idea of placing my heaters in the corners because uh, I didn't like them in the wall because you can't lean up against the wall. And everybody likes to lean up against the wall. You like to be relaxed. It's a sauna. It's a relaxing feel that it creates. Even if you don't feel relaxed, it's going to make you feel relaxed. So we put the heaters in the corners, which uh, they're all pointed directly at you, so you're the center of attention in the middle of that thing. And then with the, uh, with the materials that we used that I described earlier, all pure and natural, um, the whole thing came together. And then we designed it so it could snap apart into the wall components and fit in the back of a minivan. So you can get a sauna as big as 6 by 8 that will fit in the back of a minivan, and you can take it from one house to the next. Very interesting. Now, we, you know, we hear this is something new for many people, but this is a... a, a Eon's old concept that you're bringing to market now, why is it becoming so popular in the health field for people to want to invest in the saunas? It's because it reverses the symptoms of almost every disease. It's the most extraordinary thing. When we first started doing this 15 years ago, it was really for my wife and my son who reversed their symptoms and their toxic load, which was measured in a urinalysis. And we took it to market because we thought other people would like it. And first, it was many of the doctors who had failed to heal my wife, and they were very, very interested in what we had done and what we had built. And probably our first 
20 or 30 customers were medical, about five or six of them were medical doctors. And then we found out that these were a particular brand of medical doctors who were studying something they call environmental medicine. And that's the type of medicine that looks at why you're sick. What's the cause of the illness? Not what's the description of the symptom and what pill might block the symptom. Instead, they look at what caused the illness in the first place. So you might have chronic pain and brain fog, and there might be a pill to relieve the chronic pain, and there might be a pill to make your brain work a little sharper. But if that brain fog and chronic pain is caused by lead absorption in your bones, then how do we get the lead out of you? And how do we stop you from getting re-exposed to lead? These would be the two questions they would ask. And this type of doctor is called an orthomolecular doctor. The first molecule is what they look at, which causes the illness in the first place. This is not a very lucrative brand of medicine because it takes a long time. You have to figure out what's causing the problem. You have to figure out how to get it out. These doctors have waiting lists sometimes two years long because they're tremendously successful but they take a long time with each patient. So because these doctors were buying our saunas, we started looking at where they go and talk to each other. And we went to the American Academy of Environmental Medicine, and I took my sauna down there, and I showed it to the doctors, and I think we sold 10 of them. So all of a sudden, I've gone from, you know, having, I had to leave journalism because I was working in the most polluted cities in the world. I lived in, in New Delhi, and I lived in Beijing. And um, now I don't have a job, and I'm bringing this idea down to some doctors just because I'm a curious person and I think it's going to work. And all of a sudden, I've got about $40,000 in sales in a weekend with these doctors. So I'm realizing, okay, something's good here. This is working. These doctors are the top, top people in the world healing the most difficult diseases. And we're talking about fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue disorder, mystery high blood pressure, um, adult onset type 2 diabetes, these things were getting reversed with the saunas. They were putting them in their practices. Unheard of, a sauna in a medical practice. And I, these are medical doctors, MDs. Many of them also had a PhD. They were the most learned researchers and clinicians that exist in North America today. And it was this one academy called the American Academy of the Environmental Medicine. So that's 15 years ago. Fast forward to today, there's probably a dozen medical academies. There's the um, American uh, Association of Anti-Aging Medicine called A4M. There's the Institute for Functional Medicine. Uh, there is the, um, the Environmental Health Symposium, which is an annual conference uh, organized by a brilliant naturopath named Dr. Walter Crinian, uh, which this year was in Scottsdale, Arizona. There's the American College for the Advancement of Medicine. So these are all Doc, uh, medical academies that are for doctors who are already MDs, they're in clinical practice, and they join an academy which teaches a particular specialization that might not be a classic. It's not like it's, uh, you're not a surgeon, you're not a gynecologist, you're not a, uh, a, um, a respirologist, but you're, you're going to these academies to learn how they approach medicine. And all of them now are teaching sauna therapy among the other modalities that they teach. So the reason it's become so popular is because the first doctors we sold saunas to started curing just about everything in it. And they'd say, well, we do a urinalysis and, you know, patient X is really high in lead, mercury, cadmium, and um, nickel, say. After six months of sauna therapy, those values are much lower and their symptoms are much better. So 
we don't need evidence other than they're getting better and the mer- and and this the, the suspected adjutant is less in their body but they did take it another step further they actually measured what's in the sweat now this hadn't been done much before cuz sweat capture has is not a traditional laboratory analysis but there was a group of doctors at the University of Alberta in Edmonton led by a brilliant doctor named Dr. Stephen Jenis and they did sweat capture, and they found out when they looked at heavy metals, which are people understand heavy metals, they understand that lead's bad for you, mercury's bad for you, and this stuff all is in our environment, and it all builds up in our fat cells and our bone cells. When they measured it in the sweat, they found 10 times more metal in the human sweat than they did in our urine. And they measured this over a couple of dozen people over a period of time, and on the average, it was 10 times more. To me, it's the most extraordinary medical discovery that humans sweat lead, we sweat mercury, we sweat nickel, we sweat cadmium. We know these things are bad for us. We know that they're in the environment and they're in our bodies and they're making us sick because they're associated with so many diseases. At the same lecture where Dr. Jenis was delivering this to the American College of the Advancement of Medicine, there was another lecture going on with another doctor talking about diabetes. And he said the following toxins are now definitely associated with type 2 diabetes, and they were the same toxins that were coming out in the sweat. And we've since had people tell us, I've reversed my diabetes in the sauna. And the markers are, I got my eyesight back, I can drive again, I have a driver's license again, my triglycerides have normalized, I'm no longer on insulin, and my high blood pressure medicine is no longer required. And it's pretty extraordinary, and I don't often talk about it because I don't want to give people false hope about the sauna, but when these two lectures were put together, it was scientific evidence that it actually works on type 2 diabetes. And and to be clear, we are all um, infiltrated with toxins, so these are not, you know, to flip the coin here, this is not just to treat disease. This is also very important in prevention. Exactly, because we know now what's making us sick. The toxic load of the human species is unavoidable because, you know, when the price of gold goes up, you can measure the, the, um, the renegade gold panning in northern South America in the forest uses significant amounts of mercury in the process. And when the price of gold is high, you can measure mercury in the dust on the windshields of cars in South Texas from the gold panning going on in um, northern Brazil. So this is just a fact of life for people that we're consuming this stuff all the time. So now when you talk about prevention, we're now building these for fire stations across North America. We've got them at about 60 or 80 fire stations because firefighters know they are in the world's most toxic profession because they cannot, like other unionized workers, refuse a toxic workplace. If they refuse a toxic workplace, they're not running into the fire. The whole, it's all pointless. So they have to do as best they can. So they wear the secured breathing apparatus. They wear uh, flame-retardant clothing, but the flame-retardants themselves are carcinogens. And I didn't know this, but firefighters smell like smoke on their skin in the morning shower for three days after attending a fire because the aromatic hydrocarbons are absorbed into their skin, and when the shower heats them, they come off, and it smells like there's a sofa on fire somewhere, but it's coming off them. Their wives always wake up in the middle of the night and kick them out of bed because they can't sleep. Their kids hug them and say, oh, Daddy, you smell like the fire. So we put them in fire stations, 
and it's been growing and growing and growing. And we have very special ones. We either bigger, we put an exercise bike inside so they can get the sweat very, very quickly so they're in and out in 10 minutes and they don't overheat their core. They remain in service. They remain call ready. It's a specific design for fire stations called the decon system. But what we found was 100% of them now say they don't smell like smoke anymore. The wife and the kids don't even know when they've been at a fire that day. And that's already coming out of them because firefighters have the highest cancer rate of any profession. Mm. And so they're, they're now using it to prevent it before it starts. And this is the number one thing that people can do for themselves, for their loved ones, and for their own longevity is to sweat in an infrared sauna because preventing a disease is a lot easier than curing one. It sure is. Now, are there applications that the sauna are applications are there people that should not go into the sauna i'm thinking um people who listen to the show regularly know that i was i had edema in my arm and that is you know one of the side effects of part of the the treatment of my cancer and my therapist said that saunas are not good for you know the extra heat is not good for the edema so i'm i'm talking on a personal note specifically and then i read a report that was saying that infrared saunas are actually very good so are there situations where you know people should avoid well, sauna? Well, anything, you know, consult a, a knowledgeable medical expert, and many of them are not knowledgeable about this. So you have to first ask them, how much do you know about this? And if they say, I don't know anything, don't listen to what the rest of they have to say. You know, so if they say, well, I actually know a lot about this, then that's the right person to ask. Mm-hmm. So there are uh, contraindications that I've been told for lymphedema, post-breast cancer, mm-hmm. um, certainly pregnancy. Now, Anytime you overheat the core during pregnancy, that is a very, very fine and delicate balance that's going on in there. And that temperature has to be perfect, and there can be severe brain damage by overheating the core. And this has um, been known to happen with women using hot tubs when they don't know they're pregnant, perhaps, in the first trimester. Uh, using saunas, it can also happen. But with the infrared sauna, generally speaking, it's low enough not to raise your core body temperature, but I always say don't experiment on the child that's growing in your tummy. Right. So pregnant women should not go in. Also, unfortunately, lactating women post-pregnancy who are still feeding their children, they are actually excreting toxins through the breast tissue because it's the fatty tissue where these toxins are all called lipophilic, most of them anyway. Um, most of the heavy metals and the plastics and the phthalates and the bisphenols and all of these things that are known to cause cancer, particularly breast cancer and prostate cancer, are called lipophilic toxins because they, they, they um, concentrate in the fat tissue. The breasts are primarily fat tissue. So you could be excreting excessive amount of bodily toxins into the child. So we usually tell people, women, don't start using this on until after the child's weaned off. Those are the main contraindications. Um, the, the standard ones for heat, like, so for example, heart disease, um, high blood pressure, multiple sclerosis. Most of these people can tolerate the infrared sauna simply by making sure that they go in at a lower temperature and using the window to make sure that they're getting fresh air into their lungs so they keep their core body temperature normalized. We've had people who had multiple sclerosis reverse their symptoms using the sauna. Uh, not a lot, but two that, that have told me. One, they, they knew each other. It happened to the one guy, said, you've got to try this, and the other guy, same thing. So it's fairly extraordinary what people are, are um, doing with this. Now, it's also important to understand that maybe they didn't have multiple sclerosis, more than likely, they had a collection of symptoms caused by a toxic presence in their body that was described by a doctor as multiple sclerosis. 
And when they started using the sauna and excreting the toxins, the symptoms abated. It's, so, you know, I think we got to get over our mind, too, that we have to heat the sauna up so high. I think, you know, I, sh- I can't speak for everybody, but I know initially when I started considering this, I'm thinking of those very hot saunas you go to, you know, in the gym or whatever. And you don't have to do that, right? You can get benefits from the sauna just above your core temperature. Even below, frankly. You should be able to sweat fully below your core temperature, and then when it, when it crosses that 38 Celsius... You're already sweating, so your cooling mechanism has already kicked in, so you shouldn't be exacerbating your heart rate and your blood temperature um, and your blood pressure when it exceeds, when it goes up to 40 degrees or 42. That's usually where I come out of the sauna. That's where it starts to feel too hot for me. But the whole idea with the infrared is it's gently warming the skin and tricking the sweat glands to start functioning before the core temperature goes up. Is this safe for children? My son was in it when he was two, and the Finns will put their kids in the high-temp saunas when they're two. So it is safe for kids. Um, We have child protocols that we've developed over the years, and largely it's a lot of ventilation. So with a two-year-old, the door is usually wide open, so you would preheat the sauna a little bit and then open the door and just have them in the presence of those infrared heaters. Also, young kids don't sweat because phase two of their detox system is not kicked in yet. So they just get kind of shiny, and you can't underestimate that as a sweat because they're going to be dehydrated from it. So you wipe off the shiny until more comes, and then that's usually enough for them. And that's at at what age is their detox system not fully developed? Uh, So when they're born, they have none, Mm -hmm. and they develop it by the time they're 12. It it kicks in, but puberty is when it finally kicks in, and that's the final stage is the sweat glands. And you would go over all this with people? You have no problem talking to people who are interested in the saunas? We have child protocols written out. And anytime we get a lot of moms with autistic kids, and while it doesn't reverse autism, it certainly does help them to calm them down, give them a little more attention. Um, And also autistic kids are shown, this is an emerging um, catastrophe on society, frankly, um, and they're just emerging their understanding of it. But these kids do not detoxify very well at all. Uh, so for other problems such as type 2 diabetes or fibromyalgia or any other of the toxic-related illnesses, the sauna will really help an autistic kid. Now, here's what's very interesting, and here's what's sort of where my vision is going with this for the next 20 years, Kathy, is that it can and has been shown to potentially reverse the chance of having an autistic baby in the first place. If you detoxify the woman prior to conception. There's a new approach to medicine, and all your listeners can look this up. It's called preconception optimization. And what it means is we take the reality of the toxic world and the reality of the toxic host and the reality of the scientific studies that show close to 100, oh no, not close to, 100% of umbilical cords have hundreds of toxic chemicals in them, including Teflon, including Scotchgard, These things are in the umbilicus. It's not just the way that nutrients are transferred to the child. It's also transferring the toxins. So that every human today is born toxic. So if we can reduce that toxic load, then we can reduce the toxic kid. And whatever it is that's causing this brain damage called the autism spectrum disorder will be much, much lower, lower risk. 
So it would be my goal if I can, you know, make it happen. And if any of your listeners have any ideas, if they're in the education world and senior administration, they might be able to, to work with us on this. But if we could get the sauna, the infrared saunas, into the high schools so that girls from grade nine, when they're just learning about health and sexual health, can learn to detoxify their bodies from grade nine to 12, they will leave school, high school, with a pure host for their child when they choose to become a mother. Fascinating. What a vision. Um, uh, hopefully people can understand exactly what uh, we're talking about here and the importance of of this. You know, that is a passion of mine too is, you know, I guess maybe because I have daughters who, you know, uh, have a vision of having a family, understanding how important it is to prepare for pregnancy is, you know, I, I don't even know how to educate people on that. We had a doula here who talked to us and I asked the question, when I had my kids, we had classes, and I don't even think they have classes anymore, or at least the classes you have to pay for, whereas when I had my kids, they were, they were offered. So it's, you know, it's, but at that point, again, these people are already pregnant. So, you know, brainstorming with ways to, to get these into schools, and they're not overly expensive. Now, if people want to get in touch with you, Rodney, I've got your website here. It's www.sonaray.com. I'm sure that they can contact you through your website if they have questions or would like to uh, learn more about your product. Yes, on every page of the website, there's a contact form on the bottom right, and we take inquiries all day long. Perfect. It was wonderful having you on the show. Really informative. Thank you so much. Everybody, we will talk to you next week on The Health Hub. have been listening to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.